Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for 1 Peter chapter 4. The heading reads, Why gospel is preached unto the dead. Saints should speak as the oracles of God. The righteous will be tried and tested in all things. Verse 1, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For you who have suffered in the flesh should cease from sin, that you no longer the rest of your, li- of, of your time in the flesh should live to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of life may suffice to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when ye walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they speak evil of you, thinking it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Because of this is the gospel preached to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live in the Spirit according to the will of God. Nothing shows forth more perfectly the complete justice, equity, and mercy of God's dealings with men than the doctrine of salvation for the dead. Salvation is not limited to those who are born in a favored lineage. It is not reserved for people who chance to live in a day when there are prophets and apostles on earth who have authority from the Almighty to teach the doctrines and perform the ordinances of salvation. It is not for those only who learned of Christ and his laws in this life. It is available for all men in all ages and in all places. In the infinite wisdom of him who knoweth all things and who seeks the salvation of all his children, it was ordained in the councils of eternity before the foundations of this earth were laid that every living soul, either in mortality or in the spirit world, would have a fair, a just, and an equitable opportunity to believe and obey those laws which lead to eternal life. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. God has administrators in the eternal world to release those spirits from prison. The ordinances being administered by proxy upon them, the law is fulfilled. And that was by Joseph Smith. If God is just, then all of his children must have an equal opportunity to accept or reject the gospel before the day of judgment. As Latter-day Saints, we know that those who, do not, who did not have the opportunity to accept the gospel in this life will have it in the spirit world before they are called forth from the grave. These, Peter said, will then be judged according to men in the flesh. This statement means that the standard of discipleship is the same in this world and in the next. In principle, it should be neither easier nor harder to exercise faith or to repent in the spirit world. Were that not the case, those in that estate could not be judged according to men in the flesh. For soon it would be natural and easy to accept and live gospel truths, for that will have been the practice of a lifetime. For others it will be very difficult to do so. For eschewing the things of the Spirit will have been the practice of a lifetime. We must allow, however, for circumstances in which people were prisoners to experiences in this life that prevented them from having a fair chance to embrace the gospel principles here. When they are freed from those bitter chains, many of them will seek the blessings of the gospel. If those who have not heard the gospel are taken back into the presence of God at the time of death, they would have a decided advantage in accepting it when it was taught to them in the spirit world. If that were the case, they could not be judged according to men in the flesh. If the sacred truths of heaven were dispensed in this life according to the preparation we have made, we could have every assurance that the same will be the case in the spirit world. 
The memory of our pre-mortal existence will be revealed to us only as we are worthy to receive it. This means that some will never have that knowledge restored to them. The idea that at death our, our memory of the pre-mortal existence is restored to us disrupts any notion that the blessings of the gospel are dispensed there as they are here, or as Peter said, according to men in the flesh. Hell is simply the nation of departed spirits. Its cities have their ghettos, but also their pleasant suburbs. Kindred spirits by nature gather together. Where honorable men and women have gathered, honor prevails. Where people of peace, virtue, and goodness choose to assemble, there such attributes will also be found. Others unlike them would be unwelcome and would seek society among those of like spirits. The description given by Joseph F. Smith of those present when Christ visited the spirit world states that the righteous were gathered together in one place. That was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. Verse 7, But to you, to the end... But to you, the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. As each faithful saint approaches the day of his departure to the paradise of God, it is as though he were prepared for the Lord's second coming. It is as though the end of the world had come in his day. Now, again by Bruce McConkie. Verse 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity preventeth a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as, as an oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as, the ability, as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In other words, he's saying, speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, warning that the saints of meridian times might be killed in fires or otherwise tried. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of, your, let, let, let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other ma men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on, his, on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and upon my house shall it begin, and from my house it shall go forth. That was in Doctrine and Covenants 112. And if it, and it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creature." or creator, sorry, as unto a faithful creator. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.